Yo Pots. Check out Meet Mitch and Leawood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission in Ranch Martin North Shopping Center. Garrettson and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 a.m. at 94.5 FM. We are wrapping up the week on The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 a.m. ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. For the final time in the 2023-2024 season, we're going to be talking some Chiefs football. Win or lose, this is it. Super Bowl 58 takes place in Las Vegas on Sunday night, 5.30 kickoff. I'm sure by now everybody has their plans for the game. I will tell you what's been weird, though, is all week long, uh, there's been media availability, there's been Radio Row, we've heard countless players, um, celebrities, former players, Hall of Famers, current players that aren't playing in the Super Bowl, talk about this game. Jake, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I remember a opponent in the Super Bowl complaining this much. The 49ers have seemingly had an issue with everything that's happened in Las Vegas from Monday on. And we got another news story today. I'm not really sure why this is a story. Um, it probably got twisted in some way, but it was tweeted out by Adam Schefter. And it was reported by Nick Wagner that Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa were not happy about a 6 a.m. fire alarm at the 49ers hotel. Um, Here's the interesting part about it all. McCaffrey and Bosa believe that it was intentionally pulled by somebody. Uh, to get them off their game. This was not an accident. Somebody pulled the alarm at 6 a.m. so that uh, they would all have to get up, evacuate the hotel, and they wouldn't get a normal sleep schedule. Here's what McCaffrey said. McCaffrey said, I think there's no way it's random. It's part of it. It's just more wood thrown on the fire. Bosa went on to say, I'm sure somebody did it. It kind of reminded me of Philly when they had this construction going on outside. It was early in the morning, and they were demolishing a bridge right outside of our hotel. We haven't had the best luck, but no excuses. See, that, but no excuses is the most hollow thing you could say after all week long. Like, that would be equivalent, right, Jake, to somebody complaining about a meal. Let's say you go out to eat with friends. You're at a restaurant. Somebody complains from... Start to finish, from the time they get their appetizers to the very end. And then when they get their check or something, or or they they wanted somebody, if they go, no, no, it's fine, I'll just eat. I I don't want to make a big fuss about it. But they've been complaining for two hours. Like, that's what I equate this whole week of the 49ers to. They, They aren't happy about the fire alarm call. Now they're not happy about the practice field they were given, right? Because the Chiefs were supposed to practice... Um, at a certain time at Allegiant Stadium or the, the, the Raiders practice facility, not Allegiant Stadium, of course, but it was at the Raiders practice facility. The Niners had to get bumped to UNLV. Well, they didn't get bumped. Let's, let, let's clear this up. They didn't get bumped because that would be like the Chiefs last year getting bumped to Arizona State. Yeah. They alternate years. Yeah. So last year, that's the, right. That's last right. Last year, the Eagles 
worked out at Arizona. The Cardinals facility. Right. It, it, it alternate whoever's the home team, which alternates every year. Yeah. Whoever the home team is gets to use get- the home team's facilities. The other team gets to use local facilities. So last year, the Chiefs practiced at Arizona State. and Didn't hear anything about it. No. They didn't say, oh, we don't get to use the Cardinals. They, mm-hmm. well, granted, Arizona State's facilities are probably a little nicer than UNLV's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But like, like that's that's the deal. That's the deal. It's they, like, they didn't get What they wanted to happen were the Chiefs to move their practice so both teams could use it. And the Chiefs like can get bent. We're it, not we're not changing any of our no, schedule. No, they shouldn't have and to. So they're whining. Oh, the Chiefs won't go earlier, or we we can't go that early before the Chiefs, and, and so we're gonna have to use the UNL. No, that's your assigned position. That's your fields. That's where you're supposed to run your practices. It works like that every year. And so then they complained the fields were too spongy because they laid they laid natural grass over artificial turf, and it's too soft. And it's just one thing after another, uh, you know. But we were we were hearing this stuff even before they got to Vegas. Yeah, it was. It, like, it was well, last week. Nick Bosa was asked about Taylor and Smith, the tackles, yep. and his whiny ass had this to say: Anything stand out when you watch them? They hold a lot. Oh, they hold a lot. Yeah, Bosa has been maybe the most vocal all week long, and, and you know it's laying the groundwork. I I have full confidence, by the way. If Baltimore were were to have won in the AFC title game, we're not hearing any of these stories. Well, here, look, before last week, because this starts at the top, right? Yeah. It starts at the top. Mm -hmm. Jed York, the owner of the 49ers. Also a whiner. Had this to say about last time they they met the Chiefs in Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember Nick Bosa getting held on third long (laughs) and that not getting called. Um, I also don't like... (laughs) Nerds and dorks, as owners are, like as if they know anything about football. It's he was told by his buddies, ones that pay closer attention to the game, that that's what cost them the game. Right? Everybody's got that that one play that cost you a game. I mean, I remember in the D Ford offsides, you know, play. Everybody, every Chiefs fan complained about the Edelman catch, or, or that was it the Hogan? It was Edelman or Hogan had the catch, and uh, Edelman with the muff punt. Uh, the roughing the pass, like you always have those calls, but does it really excuse everything else that happened in the game? Did that really excuse every other error? Blowing the coverage, Niners? yeah, Just completely blowing coverage on Tyreek Hill on on, on the, the most, yeah, wasp. the most expo- explosive player on the field, wide no, open by himself. And here's what I would explain to everybody listening if you're a Chiefs fan. Just get ready if the Chiefs do. The Chiefs could win. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's say they win in this hypothetical. 30 to 7. There will be multiple reasons as to why the Niners got blown out. It'll be the field. It'll be the officiating. It'll be that they had a fire alarm pulled. It'll be that there were they had to practice at UNLV and the Chiefs got to practice at the Raiders facility. There is going to be something here. But uh, what Bose is doing is really epitomizing what the mentality is going into this game. And it's that the Niners are laying this groundwork of we've got reasons if we lose. If we lose, we can point back to, well, we had an awful week. We had to practice at a college facility. We never got enough sleep because we were having fire alarms pulled. Um, We're worried about the officiating, that it's going to be rigged or something like that. I mean, Bosa even doubled down. This is It's so passive-aggressive that it's stupid. I mean, Bosa goes on to say... 
about this fire alarm situation. We're just trying to get to Sunday and be prepared as our best, be as best possible prepared as we can. And if we have to deal with a couple more issues, we're ready to do it. A couple more issues. Like, maybe it was pulled. Who, who knows? Maybe some, you know, employee, maybe some hotel worker pulled the fire alarm, has money on the Chiefs, hates the 49ers, and thought it'd be funny to do. I'd also imagine, at least I'd hope so, where the teams are going to be staying, there's some pretty high security, high-ranking security at both these teams' hotels. I'd imagine that would be the case. It's the first Super Bowl there. You want to make sure both these teams are taken care of, but holy hell. They're not even staying. Like, no, they're in, way, from, yeah, way off they're the strip. They're at Lake yeah. Las Vegas, which mm-hmm. is about 40 minutes away from the strip. <laughs> it would have to be an inside job, which clearly McCaffrey and Bosa believe it was some inside job. And it's also... Like, don't get me wrong, 6 a.m. is not my cup of tea. I don't like waking up at 6 a.m. for me. I was going to say, like, there are, <laughs> I feel like for a Super Bowl week, right, for some walkthroughs, I mean, you're used to all season long, like a noon kickoff. I know the Niners, you know, have a different time zone, but they're still getting up 6 a.m., 5 a.m., their time. You know, it's just 325 is their kickoffs here. They're, they're playing it at normal times over on the West Coast. Like, 6 a.m. is not that ridiculous, at my old apartment, I had a couple of times a fire alarm, fire alarm went off at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Like, that's dead of the night. 6 a.m. is like some people are leaving for work. Some people already are at work, like you were, Jake. Like you, you've been up for a couple of hours. That, to me, I'm just, hey, fire alarms suck. I hate getting woken out of a deep sleep. I really do. But come on now. 6 a.m. is going to be backbreaking. Like I just, I'm sorry. There, there's going to be some adversity that you deal with, and even also Thursday night. Like it's not like it yeah. isn't Saturday night before the game. It's no. not like you, you know. It, I don't know. It, look, it sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It, it really sucks. I get it. Yeah, sure. It's inconvenient, right? So what? So yeah. what, what? Like so what? What is that going to be a reason you lose? Well, I mean, it, or are they trying to? I mean, are they trying to build this? You know, because they are the favorite team mm-hmm. right now in Vegas. They are <laughs> I think they're point. trying to shift the line. Is well, what I'm, I, I'm I think, thinking. I think they're trying to shift the mentality. Yeah, right. I think they're trying to create this. Everybody's against us. And then, sure, if it if that's what it takes for you guys to to get going, sure. I mean, that's what I see. Yeah, I think it's less about making excuses for afterwards. For, as opposed to them creating uh, everybody's against us. This mentality as a team, it's like, because it's, it's just like what we saw when the Chiefs went into Buffalo and yep. went into Baltimore. Like, it's like, okay, guys, no one's going to help us. We're going to have to do this on our own. And, and, you know, that type of mentality of, you know, our backs are against the wall. You know, and it, look, they're, they're high-level athletes that, that, you know, they're going to use every they're highly competitive athletes. They're going to use every mm-hmm. everything to their advantage in terms of let's take this and and and, and use it for you know for fuel for you know motivation you know and so that's but that's that's not what like you don't hear any of this coming out of the Chiefs camp mm-hmm. like none of it. That's just not what they do. Yeah. Right. It. I mean, think about too the. The story after Buffalo, and now the validity of it, we're just going off what the Chiefs players say, so it could have been made up. But I remember after the Buffalo game, they turned off the hot water, hot water. after a yeah. freezing game. Yeah. Like, but it, 
Just it to me, there's nothing the Niners can do before this game to make people jump on their side anymore. Everybody's already against the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody wants to see the Chiefs win, even if the Niners fan base and the Niners are villainous in the eyes of some. I don't I don't see a world in which the Niners have to win over people. Well, I'll I'll tell you this much. Like I'm at a level of my concern is, you know, and I'm sure they're hearing it. I'm sure they're seeing it. Yep. Like publicly, nationally, locally, like nobody is picking the Niners. Yeah. Nobody is picking yeah. the Niners. I, I, I think I, NFL Network had a clean slate of, of Chiefs winning this game. And so, I mean, like, like that concerns me when because usually it's like there's a big flip when everybody is on is one you. side. Like, mm-hmm. it's a flip. Like, there's a lot of times I've seen where, okay, everybody's on this side. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going this way. Right. But there are also times where everybody's on it and they're right, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I can see that type of mentality because nobody is picking the 49ers. And I'm sure they're hearing it. I'm sure they're seeing it on NFL Network just like you did. Yeah. Hearing it on ESPN radio, hearing it, you know, in Vegas on Radio Row. You know, I'm sure they have, you know, family and friends that are, you know, hey, nobody's picking you guys. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to create this us against the world. And. Good on them. That's, I mean, that's what, honestly, it's what I probably would do. Yeah. I mean, really? I almost think, though, if you're going to use the, the, are you going to take the side, is what I should say. Take the side or use the answer of, we're just trying to stay focused and get ready for Sunday. Well, if that were the case, you wouldn't make this a, a big time story. You wouldn't be telling people that it's a conspiracy. Somebody pulled the fire alarm. If the Niners were really focused on Sunday, I don't think we would have heard about this till after the game, right? I think we've we've seen things like that happen before. It's like after a game, it's, well, if you didn't know this on Friday, there was a fire alarm pulled at their hotel. They all had to get up at 6 a.m., but, you know, the players were pissed off, but they weren't talking to media about it, saying how, well, this had to have been an inside job. It reminds me of Philadelphia when there was construction going on. You know, outside, and then that was so. That answer is used from Bosa that in Philadelphia, I wasn't at this hotel. I wasn't at Philadelphia, but my instincts go to were they just that morning tearing down a bridge? Like it's out of the blue, they decided that was the morning. Maybe they were, but I'm like, I feel like with how long construction goes on. I mean, I went to KU and and K10 was always under construction basically all four years, like. The odds that that specific day construction is happening. Now, maybe their reason was they were tearing down a bridge and they weren't working the morning until that morning of the game. Different story here. But I just, I feel like the Niners have had so many complaints leading up to this game. Maybe it is the shift that narrative into we want to have as much going against us. We need that mentality going into this game so that we play our best. And we've always said all year long, use whatever you can to feel like you're doubted. Uh, With Kansas City going into Buffalo and Baltimore, there were little things they used to feel doubted. And that can fuel you sometimes when you feel like, hey, not only is this team against us, the rest of the world is against us. I would just use better reasons. You know, the it's not like you were blindsided, as Jake said. You're not blindsided practicing at UNLV that was always going to be the case you knew that likely when when they said Vegas was going to be the site you would know the NFC champion 
was going to be practicing at UNLV. And the AFC side was going to be practicing at the Raiders facility. Now, it's tough. And obviously the Raiders facility is brand new, basically, you know, a couple years old. UNLV's been there a bit longer. But these are things that were known. You can be frustrated. And maybe that's what the Niners are doing. They're just pissed off about it. Right, we, we've all had those instances where you know about something and then you get there and it just makes you more pissed off because it's not as good. I don't know. These kind of feel like hollow hollow excuses. And, it, and it's all to have this narrative going into the game that we've had everything going against us. We didn't get the best facility. We didn't get the best hotel. We're not going to have the best officials because they're going to be rigging it for the Chiefs. I mean, Bosa going out there and saying the, the Chiefs offensive line holds a lot. It does have some truth to it, right? It's got some truth because Donovan Smith, Jawan Taylor, they get flagged a lot. So what he said is actually truthful. Yeah. But I think it's something you, you keep to yourself. You know, and Bosa's a damn good player. He's one of the best defensive edge rushers or just best edge rushers in all of football. But I think we've just seen from Kansas City and San Francisco two completely different things. The Chiefs all postseason long, and maybe it's because they know they're not the top dog. They know they haven't been the juggernaut all season long. They've been pretty quiet. They haven't taken many shots at any of the opponents they faced. In fact, Travis Kelsey, who's had all of the ammo in the world to take a shot at somebody, he's asked about Kittle, and he said, you know, that's the greatest tight end right there. That's the, the king of tight end you. Their, their camp they run. You know, so he's giving praise. You know, Patrick Mahomes always gives praise to the other team. The Niners, on the other hand, they're going to take shots. They're talking about officiating, and Bose is talking about how much they hold. Their owner, who's a nerd, is talking about holds that happened years ago in the Super Bowl. Despite being outscored 21 to nothing in the final seven minutes of the game. Oh, there were multiple opportunities. What about the Jimmy G? overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders that gave the ball back to the Chiefs. What about not being able to stop the Chiefs on you know, first, second, and third down on their final drive? Damian Williams has the you know, 40-yard touchdown. They had a chance to get the ball back. And you're up 20 to 10. Seven minutes to go, you shouldn't lose that game. Blaming officials for that is pretty weak. But that seems to be the angle the Niners are taking going into this one. And they don't need to. They're a really good football team. They're really good. They're favored in this game. And maybe if they're trying to get the line to flip, that's that could be the inside job that I'm thinking about. Everybody knows how good Mahomes is as an underdog. That line's not moving. It's not going to. It's, but maybe it, in their mentality, it's like, oh, start throwing money on the Chiefs because... That line is not moving. We don't get enough sleep. It, it's if it it's ha- still at two and a half, yeah, isn't it? It's two. It's two, two. this morning. It's been at two for days. I mean, it, it was at one and a half for a little bit, went to two and a half for a little bit, but it's been pretty locked in at two. Chiefs plus two, San Francisco minus two for for a good period of time now. Yeah, I. this is what it's going to be. Yes. And to me, the narrative is the Niners are a really good team. They are limited at quarterback. They have to play with the lead the majority of this game. The Chiefs are really good with an underdog. Their quarterback does not have a ceiling. He can be as good as anybody in the league on Sunday night. But I don't think there's a need, unless proven otherwise, to go into this game already believing the field, the officials are going to make an impact. People are going to do that, right? And me being in Kansas City, you're going to say, well, you're biased because the officials always give you the benefit of the doubt. If there is reason to believe it in this game, then that's one thing. 
I've already kind of gotten in my mind that there's going to be some bad call favoring the Chiefs, and that's going to spread like wildfire everywhere. And that will be a talking point, just like last year. James Bradbury holding Juju Smith-Schuster. By definition, it was a hold. It came down to, do you call it in that moment? Greg Olson saying, I wouldn't call in that moment. And that's right. That's what broadcasters have the power to do. I mean, Jawan Taylor went from a really good tackle to, <laughs> to one of the worst in terms of the public eye because it was uh, Chris Collinsworth. I think I said coward. Chris Collinsworth brought the fact that he was false starting. Something he had been doing his entire career, at least getting that quick first step. It's derailed his career. Broadcasters have the power to do it. And I'm hoping going into this game, Nance and Romo aren't doing things like that for either side. Because it takes away the greatness of the game. When you start saying what you would do, I wouldn't throw a flag in that moment. Oh, that is a flag? Or if Gene Stesator Stesator is going to come on and be the rules expert of this. like it, You just know. This is all going to happen. As long as the Chiefs are in that, there's going to be some complaint about the officials. But then the field becomes a problem. And that was another thing that threw me for a loop last year. The Eagles players complaining about the field as if the Chiefs didn't also play on the field. George Toma, a Kansas City guy, oh, he, he made the field like that on purpose so the Chiefs could win. It's like, well, what parts of the field are they playing on? It's the same one for everybody. Everybody was slipping and sliding. So it's going to be the turf. Then we're just going to have a, a pretty dull Super Bowl for complaining about officials, turfs, fire alarms, like the San Francisco 49ers have been doing. But if it motivates them, all more power to the Niners. If you need anything to motivate you for this game, then use it. You know, we've brought up the the comparison uh, of Michael Jordan in the last dance with George Carl, not seeing him at the restaurant, and then Jordan used that to fuel himself, say that they don't respect me. Maybe the Niners are doing that. Jake brought that up. Maybe they're they're just going to use this as, wow, people are pulling our fire alarms. They're purposely putting us at college facilities. The turf's not going to be good at the Legion Stadium. It's going to benefit the Chiefs, which doesn't make sense because why would the Raiders do that? I know the Raiders hate both these teams. This is a nightmare Super Bowl for the Las Vegas Raiders because they hate the Niners and they hate the Chiefs. They don't want anybody to win this game. But, man, this is, this is a lot of complaining coming from the Niners' side. A lot of complaining. I wouldn't be happy getting woken up at 6 a.m., but also it's not like it's middle of the night here. I don't even know why this is truly a story. I guess it's a a massive story that's gone viral per Adam Schefter. Because it's Super Bowl week? Because it's, it's the a end dumb of Super one. Bowl? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that, everything is just way over-scrutinized and way over-analyzed, and that's welcome to Super Bowl week. <laughs> oh, I'm actually glad this week is done. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad these two weeks are done. It's been long. I mean, work-related, yeah, there's been a lot to do. But at this point, just get us to the game. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Just get us to the game. And we're going to break down more of this game coming up next on ESPN Kansas City. More predictions, more prop bets that we have lined up for the Chiefs and the Niners. That's coming your way on the shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. It is Red Friday and Super Bowl Friday here in Kansas City. And more importantly, on the shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Well, even though running the spread is dead and gone until next year, we can give you our predictions for the game, but there's not 10 or 15 games to go over. 
We got prop bets that we can go over for Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. We've got about, oh, 10 or so to choose from here. I got them lined up right in front of me. And we're going to start things off with the winner in this game. So the Niners, a two-point favorite over Kansas City. Kansas City looking to become the first team to go back-to-back since the New England Patriots of the early 2000s and the Dallas Cowboys of the mid-90s. But once again, it's Kansas City as an underdog in the postseason, the third straight game, and we know that Patrick Mahomes really is better than anybody playing as an underdog. So, Jake, I'll let you kick this one off here. Are you taking Kansas City in the points, or will the Niners halt this Chiefs run for the final time this year? Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs on the money line. Um, I have a score of 27-21 Chiefs, uh, so that would be the over just by uh, a touch, mm-hmm. half a point. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's – I'm. And that's why I, I, I'm super confident. I, I like this matchup, but you have to respect the 49ers. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I mean, it's not. I don't think by any means this is you know, and and the Chiefs will, but the concern I have is that everybody is on the Chiefs. I mean, nationally and locally, every I, I haven't heard anybody. Uh, I think Chris Canty from ESPN's Morning Show is the only person I have heard pick the 49ers and I think he did that so when the 49ers lose he can trash Shanahan and, and Purdy yep. on, honestly mm-hmm. I mean if, you, if you've listened to him all year he's he's been uh, against them and so and so I hey look you don't ever know someone's motive motivation but I that is a concern to me that so many people are on the Chiefs that it's like it, it definitely makes you pause and hesitate because look the Chiefs have been nearly perfect in the postseason, right? But that team who they've been all year long turning the ball over, highly penalized, they quit doing that, and then look what happens. They, yeah. they, they, they've won the turnover battle all, all postseason long. Going into the postseason, they were, what, the third worst in turnover mm-hmm. ratio? And so it's like, yeah, they just hit a, a switch. Uh, that's the pedigree. That's in their DNA. But, like... Like that's still there. That's mm-hmm. still who they were for eighteen games. So you know Taylor, the most penalized player in the NFL since two thousand fifteen. So you know I, I I feel good about that pick. I I, I feel like it's going to be a great game. But the Forty ers you can't discount them because they have the weapons. Yeah, like that Ayuk, Debo, Samuel, like Christian McCaffrey. Like Kittle, like you can just rip them off. Those are four of the best position players in the game at their spot. And so, you know, six all pros on this team. I, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch the chess match between these coaching staffs. And I think that's what gives the, the Chiefs the advantage, the experience and the coaching staffs. That's why I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. Yeah, I got Kansas City as well here. And I think that why the national media is now on the side of the Chiefs because they've seen what they've done the last two weeks. I mean, everybody doubted them against Buffalo. They beat Buffalo. Everybody certainly doubted them against Baltimore. And when you beat Baltimore in the way they did, it's hard to pick against them a third time in a row because at that point, you're just hating on Kansas City. You're just wanting it 
to not be them in the very end. That's what I get to. When when I ever uh, bet money against the team, and I do it like back-to-back times, even if they are big underdogs, I will not do it a third time. If they've proven me wrong twice in a row, I'm not doing it a third time. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. It's like I tried to doubt Mahomes in Kansas City and Andy Reid twice now in the postseason, both those games on the road, and they won those games. So why would I bet against them, against the Niners team who, yes, is very good? And people need to stop saying Brock Purdy is a bum. Uh, Brock Purdy is good enough to get to a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy fits that system. Does he elevate the Niners? I don't think so. I think if you had, for example, a... mm, Trying to use a good comparison here, who's an equal to Brock Purdy. Because I think Brock Purdy's very good, but I also see a lot of similarities to Jimmy Garoppolo in the way that he led the Niners to a lot of NFC title games and then eventually a Super Bowl against these same Kansas City Chiefs. If you took a Baker Mayfield, for example... Uh, Baker was very good this year for Tampa Bay. I think Baker would do the exact same thing as Brock Purdy, maybe a little bit better at times. Because Brock Purdy just to me doesn't scream uber-talented guy. He's not overly athletic. He doesn't have that great of an arm, but he fits the system so well. He's not a bum. He is a good quarterback. He's just not on the level of the quarterbacks that Kansas City has just played. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, two-time MVP winner Lamar in his own house. And they beat him. I mean, I think he's a top ten guy. I think he's on that level of Tua. I think. I mean, I, I think he. Yeah, I think he's a right-handed. Two. If that's what I think, we talked about that earlier in the week. Yeah. Like, if you put Tua in this game, I think I'd have the same level of fear for a quarterback play of the the Forty ers I mean, for me, that's the biggest comp. Mm-hmm. You know, especially they're they're guys that have dangerous players around them that yep. can break plays, absolute game breakers. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, the closest comparison for me in this situation is Tua. Yeah. I mean, I I think Dak's a, a little bit more polished than Purdy. Yeah, he's got, I think so for sure. He's got more experience. Um, but I, he, I think he's that's the tier that I would put Purdy on. Mm-hmm. That's still like I, I consider him a top 10 quarterback right at the end, right at 9 or 10, you know, yep. Tua and Brock, top 10. Yeah. You know, I saw enough out of Stroud. I probably would put Stroud above both of those guys. I would too. But uh, other than that, you know, you have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Jackson, Dak. You know, uh, I put Herbert above those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but after that, it's you know Tua, and then you know C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy. That's that's kind of the top ten in my eyes. And it really, you know, I. I judge these quarterbacks based on the toughest situations. If it's third and ten and you need to pick up that first down, do I think Brock Purdy does that better than Patrick Mahomes? I don't. There's obviously going to be plays that are designed better for a certain quarterback, but in terms of improvising, having to make the play themselves, I I just don't know if I trust Brock Purdy in that spot. I I got Kansas City here. I think 27-20 feels like a good pick. I think 24-14, 24-17 as well. Feels like a pretty good pick here. Kansas City's rolling. San Francisco is too, but I think they needed far more luck on the NFC side of things to even get here than Kansas City really did. They needed Anders Carlson to miss the field goal against Green Bay. They needed Dan Campbell to lose his marbles and just go for it on everything in the NFC Championship game. If they play just a little bit more conservatively, I think they aren't here. I think it's probably Detroit. 
that's here in the Super Bowl. But that's all shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Niners are here, and they're here for a reason. So I got Kansas City. Jake has Kansas City. Here's the first fun prop bet. Who uses their first challenge? Kansas City or San Francisco? Who throws the first challenge flag of the game? I would go San Francisco. Andy Reid is very gun shy mm-hmm. about early challenges. Uh, I can two right off the top of my mind that were close in the in the, in both games, right? That that first down that Kelsey almost had yep. after the sack sack strip fumble that Omenihu had, and then they went for it on fourth and one and got stopped. Yeah, that was super. That, it turned out being when they saw the replay, they showed it several times. Probably didn't get it. Yeah, but it was so close. Maybe worth one. Yeah, so worth clo- the flag. Like, in that position, when when you have the lead and you're going in, and you're trying to decide whether to go for it on fourth, mm-hmm. I think that's worth a challenge. There, he didn't challenge. Yeah, the uh, I think it was on maybe the first or second drive of the Bills. Yep, and Allen scrambles out, and then it looks like he throws a backwards lateral. And once you saw the replay a couple times, it was definitely a forward pass. Mm-hmm. They went to the line quickly, snapped it, got the playoff. Andy Reid didn't challenge either mm-hmm. one of those. Those both happened in the first quarter of the game. Uh, that's why I, that would be the evidence for me to think that, look, these are situational, right? If something is blatant mm-hmm. and obvious, Andy Reid's going to challenge it. Yeah. Right? So it's situational. Uh, but I do think if anything's close early, I think he errs on the side of not throwing it rather than throwing it. And I, honestly, I can't even tell you what Shanahan, you know, I, I didn't watch the 49ers enough to know what kind of challenges yeah. he would throw at or not. I would just, just because of how much I've seen Andy Reid, I would I would lean the 49ers challenging first. It's got to be a pretty blatant missed call for Andy Reid to use a challenge. Almost every time he uses a challenge, it's like this isn't getting turned over or this is getting turned over automatically. Um I thought about this though. If I gave you twenty dollars, would you put it down on the Niners using a challenge first, or nobody throughout this entire game throws a challenge? Niners first. I okay, think there will be a challenge. That's right. I I think I'm there too. I think the Niners do use a challenge in this game. It's the Super Bowl. It's high stakes. There's going to be that one play where is somebody down, is somebody not down. You know, it could be a touchdown or the feed in. I mean, the odds have to be pretty high on the. They do no challenge. Like, they I mean, do as well, I yes. Because like, uh, I can't think of, like, the percentages of games, I mean, uh, what, 5% of games? Maybe yeah. 5 to 10, and I'm just shooting off the hip here, of games that, that don't have a challenge in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you rarely see that. I think I'll go with Niners here. It's really tough, though, because I think I either do Niners or nobody challenges at all in this game, and you just hope the officials are on their A game for the Super Bowl. Next one we got here. Here's another interesting one. Jersey number of the first touchdown score, the over-under is set at 22.5 for a very big reason, of course. So you got Christian McCaffrey in the over. You've got Travis Kelsey on the over. Uh, you have, who else would be, uh, yeah, you could do uh, Justin Watson, I guess, for the Chiefs. A lot of the Chiefs have lower number uh, receiver or lower numbers, Pacheco. the jersey numbers. Yeah, Pacheco's Low. the under. Both quarterbacks under if they were to get a rushing touchdown. Um, Ayuk and Samuel are both the under. And it's got to be a touchdown. The first touchdown of the game has to come from a lower number or a higher number, which is set at 22 and a half. 
I think I would go with the the under the under feels safer because you get not only Pacheco but Ayuk and Samuel. However, you've got probably the two best chances of the touchdown and McCaffrey and Kelsey on the the higher side of things. The over. I think if the Chiefs get close to the end zone on their first or second drive, it's got to be going to Kelsey though. It'd have to be inside of three yards, and Pacheco will get two chances before they throw it. I I, I would go under. I mean, because then you got Rushy Rice four. You know, yeah, Rice is under. One. I mean, I that's what I, I would lean under too, just because you. Even though the guys that have a higher probability, mm-hmm. the two guys. I mean, I, I would imagine that if you looked at the anytime touchdowns, like I bet McCaffrey's obviously probably at the top of the list, but I bet Kelsey's the second guy on that list. Not that this matters, but last year it was, I believe, Hurts on the tush push for the first touchdown of the game, and Kansas City's was Kelsey on like a a fade route almost. It was kind of like a hitch-and-go, actually, and it was the back corner of the end zone. The Niners game, Mahomes had the first Super Bowl as a rushing touchdown. Whew. I think I may side with under here. I I know we've had the same picks here. The only person I think that would get the first touchdown in the game of the over is Kelsey. I would even say somebody else over Christian McCaffrey. There's just so many chances with the under. Samuel Ayuk, Rice, and Pacheco. Lots of variety there. I'll take the under on that. The next one we have here, the longest drive of the game, either team, over under 77.5 yards. I kind of feel like that has to be under here. I don't know how many times these teams are going to go 80-some yards for a touchdown drive without a big-time play, a busted coverage play, or a 30-yard run, which obviously could happen. It's a Super Bowl. Anything can happen. These are good defenses, though. I think I would just side with that. The defenses are really good. If a team starts inside their own 20-yard line and they have a good drive going together, I'd imagine it's going to settle in three or it's going to settle in a punt. If I'm taking the under, though, because you start at the... 25 regardless. So is this a touchdown drive? This is a touchdown drive. Has to be a touchdown drive. Mm. 77 and a half. So if you're starting at the 25, and think about that. You know, if you're returning kicks, you're hoping you get it past the 25-yard line. Not always that easy to do. But I think the majority of these drives are going to start at the 75. Or the the 25, excuse me. They have to go 75 yards. I mean, there's going to be times those punters, Tommy Townsend, could pin... Brock Purdy inside the 10-yard line, but do you really think they're gonna, there's going to be a 90-yard drive, a touchdown drive in this game? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, the NFL average this season was 28.6 yards on, on the starting yeah. drive. That's the average starting field position for a drive. So I, I don't on, see it. No, I, I, would, I would say negative on that one. Okay, so we'll both take the under on this one. The next one we got here, which is higher? The longest field goal, yardage-wise, in this game, or the total points scored? Another unique one we have here. It's a dome. We know Butker's going to have the range. Robbie Gould, right? That's who. That's who's kicking for Not anymore? No. Not, who, who am I missing um, on here? Robbie Gould just retired. Their kicker. That's the only Niners kicker I think Jake of. To Moody. Be Jake Moody, that's right. So Jake Moody's also got range, but he's inconsistent. Not as 
not as high percentage as Harrison Butker is. He's a rookie. He was the 99th pick overall in, yeah. in, the, in the draft. So a rookie kicker here, hit and miss, not high percentage like Butker, but I do think has a little bit of leg into him. And it's a dome. You're not dealing with any conditions here. But do we think your final score prediction was? Over. 48 was, I mean, it was. You were 27. 27-21. 27-21. So do you think there's going to be a 50-yard field goal in this game is the question? Yes. I would say yes. And I, it, Moody, Moody yeah. hit a 57-yarder this this year. Yeah. And Butker's hit 58 his long this year. Or he get a 60, 60 yard one. I want to say he did get a 60 yard one. I know last year he had a 60 plus yard one. I feel like this year he had one as well. If not, it's the high 50s. And kicking in Allegiant Stadium should be a, a walk in the park, really. Getting the kick in a dome is always beneficial for. For somebody that's got a leg like that. 60 was his long this year. 60. Okay, that's what I thought. So 60 was the long this year for Budker, 57 for Jake Moody. How long ago did Robbie Gould play for the Niners? That's not going to stick with me. No, no, last year. He, he retired this year. That's right, okay. So, so that's why they drafted, I, that's Jake why they Moody, drafted yeah. Moody. I Yeah, that's the thing with kickers. It's always interchanging. Right. But, no, Gould, yes, Moody. Gould, Gould retired. Last year was his last season, 2022. So this was Moody's first year. They drafted Moody. 99th to replace school. 99th pick. Yep. I got to th- I got to think there's going to be a 50 plus yard field goal in this game. Think, think right before half. Somebody's going to try to, you know, sell for 3 and it's almost always going to be 45 and up. We're just hoping that with the point scored for our projections here, we got it at 50 or so, 50 and up. So both of you and I here have very similar picks so far with these prop bets for the game. Uh, the next one that I got here is Purdy passing yards. So now we're getting into the more realistic prop bets. Purdy passing yards at 246 and a half. You taking the over or the under with this one? Mm. Uh, I will say the... Um Damn, I'll say the under. I'll say the under. I think by the way the game like is it. going, though, because if we both think Kansas City wins, do you think Kansas City jumps out early? I I think they need to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the recipe for the, the Chiefs to win this game. Because I think I took Lamar for the under in his passing yards in the AFC Championship game, but I didn't factor in. If he's trailing, right, right. he's going to start throwing the football. And 246.5 should easily be surpassed if they are to be trailing by double digits at some point in this game. So that's why they want to take the over in this one. I think Brock Purdy's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And this Chiefs defense is going to make it difficult to run the football over. And that's how I think he gets the under here, is if Christian McCaffrey has a you know, 25 carry, 26 carry for 140 yards in this game, because Purdy's not going to be able to throw it all over the yard. He's not going to need to throw the ball all over the yard. So I think I'll take the over in this one. I think with the stakes here, with the spotlight, He's going to have to be that guy that throws it a lot. Because I do think Kansas City wins this game by six to eight points. And if you're trailing by a touchdown, you're going to have to throw the ball late in this game. You're not going to be able to rely on just handing the ball off over and over and over again. So I'll take the over on that passing total at 246.5 for Brock Purdy. Next one I got here is the rushing yards. This one's very interesting. Rushing yards for Elijah Mitchell is at three and a half. 
you taking the over and the under. This is one good carry. But he only he had four carries for seven yards in the last game. I'm not sure why it's so low. Maybe it's because they're just going to ride Christian McCaffrey the entire game. But think about it. He gets banged up one time. And not like out for the game, but just he gets a stinger. Here comes Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell Or has a long run. Yeah. yeah. And he, he needs a breather. One carry. One carry is all we're asking for. I One like, carry I like Clyde's yards. number better than this. I think Clyde's at six and a half. Oh, <laughs> we're man. looking at backup running back. Yeah. But three, I mean. I you pro- would have to think. Yeah, like, can't, I mean. What, I, I think he gets a carry, and it's a matter of does he get stuffed on it. Right. I think he can get four. I mean, it's a perfect line. It is. Backup running backs are tough. I would, I'm just going to say under just because I don't. I just, <laughs> I'm going to say over. Contrarian. I think he at least gets one or two carries and gets over four yards. I'd imagine Christian McCaffrey, the workload he has, is going to need a breather at some point in this game. Here comes Mitchell. I'm just hoping he's used as a running back and not a receiver in that point. Not coming out of the backfield on a screen pass or a pop pass. I'm hoping he can just get those four yards, so I'll take the over here. Here's another fun one. Kyle Juszczyk. Three and a half yards receiving. Now, he is a great pass-catching fullback. He actually had a touchdown in the last Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. He also had 33 yards against the Lions in the NFC Championship game. I don't know why it's so low, but that kind of feels like free money to me, does it not? I mean, he's going to be open. That's the thing. Fullbacks are always open on those little dump-off plays, and he's got to catch it, break one tackle, and get four yards. I am absolutely taking the over here. Use check can have any. I, if it was at like ten and a half, I think I'd think about it. Three and a half is one catch, one catch for Use check. A catch and run from behind the line of scrimmage. Give me the over. What about you? Yeah, he'll get that. He'll get that. It, it just feels way too low for me for a, one of the best pass catching fullbacks in this game. But I don't know. Maybe they're not going to utilize him as much. All right, last two here. Both Chiefs players. Receiving yards for MVS is at 19 and a half. Mm. That, I think, is a perfect placement after the game he had against Baltimore. Just because I'm rooting for him, I'm, I'm going over. <laughs> I'm going over. Does he get a touchdown in this game? No. 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 What do you think the odds are? I'm sure they're out there and they're not. They're more of a long shot than anything. But what do you think the odds are for first-time touchdown score or MVS? Oh, first, the first touchdown of the game? Yeah. Oh. I bet it's plus... 8,000, 9,000. I mean, he has he has one touchdown this year, and it was the Chargers game. Yeah, I mean, I, I had an anytime touchdown for him against the uh, Ravens that obviously didn't hit. Uh, let's see. First, first touchdowns. He's got to be so far down that list. His anytime touchdown uh, is, let's see, plus 600 anytime. His first Score of the game is plus 3,500. Okay, so way, way lower than what I had of that. His first Chief touchdown is plus 2,800. Okay. That's not not my favorite bet, but if somebody wanted to cash in on a $5 bet, maybe MVS is out there for you. But I, all I think that matters is that he's a factor. He gives you some sort of value. 19.5 is scary, though. I just don't think he's going to have three straight good games in the playoffs. I really don't. 
Give me two catches for 15, maybe a touchdown in there, and I'll feel pretty good. But I'm not taking the over in this one. I can't ride the momentum here. He's too hit and miss to bet on in this game. So I'm going to go with the under here for MVS. All right, last one we got here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire receiving yards at five and a half. Are you taking the over or the under, Jake? I'm taking the under. I don't. I don't think he gets. Uh, I don't think he gets a reception. I think he's been better running the football this year than in the screen game, which is such a a travesty because that's why they drafted him out of LSU. He was so good in the passing game for Joe Burrow and LSU and Ed Orgeron. Now we just haven't seen it. I mean, if it's a screen play, it's got to be so well blocked. He doesn't have the getaway speed. He can't break too many tackles. But it's one screenplay that can work. That's the only way he's getting five and a half as a screenplay. He's not running any wheel route. He's not going to have a catch like he did against the Patriots. No. (laughs) Which was amazing. That was incredible athleticism, but no. If I'm betting uh, Edwards Alaire on anything, it's the over on yards, which is six and a half. I bet he gets two carries. Yeah, six and a half. You know, two or three carries. I think two, but see, that's the same thing with Elijah Mitchell. Like, do I think he's going to get two to three carries? I think if he gets two to three carries, he gets it. But what if he just doesn't even go on the field? Oh, I think he will. I mean, they like to mix him in. They mm. like to, I mean. The receiving yards kind of is like a no-brainer to go with the under. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to throw him the ball. No. Man, what if he, what if first quarter he gets some 30-yard catch and run? Hope you bet it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you're betting on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, more power to you. you got money to spend that I just simply don't. But it will be the Chiefs and the Niners, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. That'll be happening at 5.30. I'm sure everybody's got a spot to watch it. You're already ready for Sunday. You don't even care about Friday or Saturday. But that's going to do it for another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside Jake Gutierrez. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you on Monday, Kansas City. Say!